We're talking first impressions of Giants head coach Brian Dable, plus the latest on the assistant coaches. That and more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and welcome, folks, to a new week and a new era of Giants football Head coach Brian Dable, uh, uh, formally introduced on Monday, he met the press and on today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about my impressions, my concerns, and then I also have some uh, some coaching uh, updates for you, some thoughts and whatnot on that. But before I do anything else, as always, I want to thank you for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if you watch us on YouTube, your first watch of the day, and I especially want to thank you for making the Locked on Giants podcast rank number 77 on Apple's Apple iTunes podcasts, football podcasts. We were 77th, two behind Peter King's podcast. And we were ahead of some very prestigious podcasts, football podcasts, I might add. And folks, I am just absolutely overwhelmed, um, touched, just so humbled that you you've helped make this month this month of january uh, or this past month i should say the best ever since i've been doing the lockdown giants podcast and i thank you and i look forward to bringing you more giants content not just you know this month but in the future months we're still technically in season so you'll still get five shows a, a week and uh we'll have senior bowl coverage coming up this week as well as some other stuff so stick around Lots of cool stuff planned for you that I'm going to roll out. So thank you again for making us your number one listen of the day or your number one watch. All right, let's get into um, a few things regarding the Giants coaching staff. And uh, then I'll get into my impressions and thoughts about Brian Dable and his opening, his introductory press conference. Um, First thing I want to talk about is there is a report that Patrick Graham is going to be retained if he does not get and accept the Minnesota Vikings job. Now, Brian Dable did confirm that that is true. He did say that he would like to have Patrick Graham back on staff. Graham is supposed to have a second interview with Minnesota, but uh, my understanding is is Jim Harbaugh is is also in the mix. Um, I think uh, I want to say the 49, I think it's the 49ers offensive coordinator. I think it's in the mix for that job as well. So that position is still far from being settled, but Patrick Graham is supposed to be getting a second interview there. And uh, my guess is if he doesn't get it, he'll be back with the Giants. And I, for one, would be glad if that happens because look, the Giants have enough work to do. And, you know, basically Brian Dable and the offensive uh, offensive coaching staff have to basically redo that whole system, that whole side of the ball. So if you want to be able to kind of hit the ground running and compete, I just think having Patrick Graham back to provide some continuity 
would be a good thing for the Giants defense because, you know, I don't anticipate they'll make very many changes on the defensive side of the ball. They might add a few pieces here and there. They might subtract a few. But for the most part, you'd be looking at the Giants defense entering year three of Patrick Graham's system. And that, folks, to me, is a good thing, especially given how that, that unit has been a strength of the team for the last, you know, couple of years. So here's hoping that Patrick Graham does come back, even if it's just for one year. You know, I know I'm being selfish. I mean, if Patrick Graham wants a head coaching job, obviously I wish him well, but I kind of hope he comes back. And I think a lot of people in the Giants organization hope hope that to be the case as well. Now, this is, um, uh, before I was getting ready to record here, there was a breaking piece of news um, that the Giants decided on their offensive line coach. And their offensive line coach is actually, in my opinion, the, let's see, the sixth most important hire that the team will make behind the GM, which we now know, the head coach, which we now know, the t- the three coordinators, and then the offensive line coach, probably the most important of the position uh, coaches. And I put that above quarterback's coach. Why? Well, because the Giants are, as we all know, is are going to need to redo their offensive line. They are looking at potentially four new starters. And, um, you know, depending on how Nick Gates recovers, it might be three, it might be four. But uh, that unit really needs an overhaul. And they need somebody to who has the experience to fix that unit. So according to a report by Michael Silver, the Giants have picked that person. And that person is... Bobby Johnson, who was the offensive line coach for the Buffalo Bills. And from what I understand, Bobby Johnson's contract with Buffalo has expired. So he's free to look around for other jobs, you know, if he so chooses. So if Bobby Johnson is the guy, I actually like this hire. And uh, here's why. I did some research on Bobby Johnson. And I have an article on Giants Country if you want to check that out. But uh, Bobby Johnson actually in 2019 helped to rebuild a Buffalo Bills offensive line that needed four new starters. Hey, sound familiar, Giant fans? I think it does. And um, his offensive line units have been at the top, at or near the top, I should say, of the NFL and all the major statistical categories. Now, the other thing, before I get into the categories, the other thing I've got to say that I really like about Bobby Johnson is he has a mix of NFL and college coaching experience. And if there was one knock that I had on the previous coaching staff, I just felt like too many of those guys came from college and didn't really have a grasp on, you know, NFL coaching in the NFL, which is a little bit different than in college. So if this hire, if indeed true, and again, it hasn't been confirmed, but that's what it looks like it's going to be. If this is an indication of how Brian Dable is thinking in terms of filling out his staff, you know, getting guys that have a little bit of college experience and a lot of pro experience, I'm on board. I am definitely on board because you need to obviously be able to work with the college students um, and, tra- you know, especially if you're drafting guys while also being able to work with the veterans. And I think we could probably agree that at, at certain positions last year, that was not always the case. So just getting back to... um what Bobby Johnson was able to do with the Buffalo Bills offensive line. The year that they rebuilt it and had four new starters, they finished with an 85.9 pass blocking efficiency rating per, per, 
per pro football focus, which was 17th in the league. Last season, the Bills offensive line finished tied for 10th in pass blocking efficiency rating, 86.8 with the Cardinals. They allowed just 198 pressures, that they being the Bills, which was the eighth fewest in the league, and their 27 sacks surrendered were the second fewest allowed behind Tampa Bay's 23. All right? Not bad, folks. Not bad at all for, for an offensive line. So if Bobby Johnson, assuming again that he is indeed the new offensive line coach, can work similar magic with the Giants offensive line, which you know most of their members still to be determined, I think that unit's going to be in good shape. So that, to me, was a very important hire. And uh, I think, you know, Brian Dable is off to a great start regarding his um, his coaching, assistant coaching staff. So plenty more on that to come, obviously, as far as assistant coaches. And we'll keep you updated as best as we can as soon as we have new information. And I will try and research each guy that he hires to give you a little bit more of a background on how he's done in the past. So You'll want to keep it here. Another reason to keep it here on the Lockdown Giants podcast, as well as to check out Giants Country. All right, folks, coming up, we're going to talk Brian Dable's big debut. So stick around. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, football season might be winding down, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scores totals player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all things nfl betting in 2022 and it's not just the nfl folks betonline.net's got you covered for basketball hockey boxing and ufc odds and their coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite vegas casino games bet online is your number one online wagering destination bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games so go on visit them today bet online where the game starts all right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast segment two. My name is Patricia Trena, and now we're going to turn our attention to my impressions of Brian Dable, who was introduced Monday morning as the 22nd head coach of the New York Giants. I think Joe Shane, the general manager, when he introduced him, said he was the 20th, and no, it's the 22nd. Um, so what did I think of Brian Dable? Very likable guy, very big personality. Um, you know, the first thing I, I thought when I saw him walk in and he started talking was he'd be pretty cool to sit at a bar and have a beer and kind of shoot the breeze with. And sure enough, after all the pressers were done, he came to talk to the media in a smaller group and he said, hey, we should all go down the street and get a beer. So I just thought that was kind of funny. But um, I wrote down some thoughts here. And, um, you know, some words that came to mind, he was jovial, he was natural, you know, when, when he spoke at the podium, I didn't think he was rehearsed, you know, which I kind of, you know, in retrospect, I think Joe Judge was very scripted and rehearsed, whereas Brian Dable was more, um, just kind of said what was on his mind, didn't really have a speech prepared, I don't think, other than maybe, so he remembered, you know, who to thank. 
Um, he's definitely a people person, seemed very pleasant, very willing to, to forge a strategic partnership, not just with the media, but obviously with the players and whatnot. Um, and here's the thing, folks. I thought he encompassed a lot of the best qualities of past giant coaches. And yes, I do think the the prior coaching staff, you know, the prior head coaches, there were some redeemable qualities. And I'll tell you what some of them were that struck me just on a, you know, my interaction with Brian Dable. Um, Brian talked about being very keyed in on building player relationships. And that was something, as we know, Joe Judge was very keyed in on, you know, Joe Judge wanted to know what made people tick. He, you know, he cared about their families and whatnot. He treated them like family. And that's also something that Tom Coughlin in his later years took an interest in. He became more of a people person, you know, less of that cold hearted, I, you know, you're just here to work for me type of guy and just became more interested in um, player families and players and, you know, players at peace, as people because they are people. And if you're going to say that you're in the people business, then you better care about stuff like that. Um, Brian Dable also said that he's going to be himself. And, you know, that reminded me actually of something Bill Parcells said many, many years ago. Now, I did not cover Bill Parcells, but for my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, I did some, re I obviously researched Bill Parcells. There's a chapter devoted to him. And one of the things Bill Parcells did from the time he was a first year head coach to when he started to really become good, um, he became himself instead of trying to act like he thought people wanted him to act. He was true to himself. And as a result, he became a better coach. So that kind of caught my ear. Um, as far as offensive play calling and creativity, that remains to be seen, obviously. But uh, I've been told that he has a little bit of uh, McAdoo and Shermer in there. Now, I know some of you are probably cringing when I say that, but there was, some, there for McAdoo and Shermer, there were uh, instances where they were creative, not as often as we would have liked, but there were times when their offenses were efficient. And specifically Shermer with quarterback Daniel Jones. I mean, that was the best Daniel Jones ever looked in Shermer's system. Likewise, the best Saquon Barkley ever looked. So don't, don't sit there and say, what is she smoking by saying that? There, there were some redeemable qualities there. Um, Brian Dable has also had a wide exposure to a variety of head coaches and systems. And I like that because, you know, one of the things I didn't care for with Joe Judge is he only knew one way. And that was the Nick Saban Belichick way, which, although it's a winning way, don't get me wrong, Sometimes when you only know one system, you tend to not grow as a coach or, and you tend to not be as adaptable. So when things go wrong, you say, well, this is how, you know, Belichick would handle it. Okay, great. But how Belichick would handle it with that particular team versus the team you have, not always a good way to do things. So, you know, um, Again, Dable has has been around and worked with different head coaches so that if something pops up, he might say, okay, in this scenario, how would Bill Belichick handle it? Versus in that scenario, how would Romeo Cornell handle it? 
or how would, you know, uh, Tony Sperano ha handle it? So the more you're exposed to different systems, I think the better you're going to be, the more creative you're going to be, and most importantly, the more adaptable you're going to be. And uh, Joe Judge, like I said, just kind of knew one way, as did Ben McAdoo, only knew one way. So, you know, that's that's an anti-quality, if you will, of those two guys. And, and one that I like in, in Brian Dable, uh, one that I think is going to help make him um, very successful. Um, I talked about the coaching before, um, his choices for assistance. And he's just getting started, obviously. But it's very important that they get guys that have a mix of college and NFL experience because you want to be able, obviously, to connect with these college kids that are coming up every year. But you also want to be able to connect with veterans who are a little older, a little wiser, and a little more mature. And I just, you know, even though I wasn't down on Joe Judge's coaching staff last year, I just felt there were times, you know, at certain positions where they didn't have a clue how to deal with the older guys. So that was another thing. And, you know, the other takeaway I have about Brian Dable is he's going to be flexible. And by that, if something's not working, I don't believe he's so married to it that he's going to say, look, we're going to keep at it until we get it right. You know, um, that was something I think Joe Judge was guilty of doing. That was something that I think uh, Ben McAdoo was guilty of doing. I don't think that's going to be the case with Brian Dable. So some good qualities that he has picked up or, or shares in common with previous coaches. And there are some that I'm thankful he doesn't share with them. Now, all this is all great, but we have to obviously see how he does once he gets the team on the field. How do they respond to him? How quickly do they learn? Are they disciplined? Are, you know, do they execute at a high level? So we could sit here and we've got a months long honeymoon coming up with this guy, but we'll see in the spring what they look like how they react. And remember, uh, because the Giants have a new coaching staff, they will be able to start their off-season program a little earlier, I think two weeks earlier than the rest of the NFL. Um, they will, I believe, have an extra, I, I think one extra mini camp, um, which will probably be right before the draft. So this will all be interesting to see how well the players respond. And so far, just based on what I've seen, and it's been very limited um, some of the players that come into work or get treatment, they've they've been very, you know, tuned in. And, you know, you can just see, like, for example, Blake Martinez, Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard were all there today um, listening to Brian Dable. And, you know, you can tell they were tuned in and locked in on what they were saying. I kept taking a look backwards to see because they were standing in the back of the group there. And, you know, they were really locked in. And, you know, you look at the reaction also on social media of some of the players and they seem very excited. So overall, everybody, it's the honeymoon stage for Brian Dable, but a lot of optimism. And as I've told you many times before, I'm going to give somebody the benefit of the doubt until they prove otherwise. So, all right. That all said, I do have some concerns about Brian Dable. What are they going to tell you when we come back? 
All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Lachlan Giants podcast. But first, this episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car needs. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait times for a part to be shipped from a supplier to the store and wait for the person behind the counter to order what they want to order for you rather than what you need. Use Rock Auto today and skip all that nonsense while saving money on what you want and what you need. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They offer competitive pricing on thousands of parts for every make, model, and manufacturer, and it's easy to find on their website. So go on and visit rockauto.com the next time you need something for your car, truck, or motorcycle and get what you need instantly shipped right to your door right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car truck or motorcycle will ever need rockauto.com all right giant fans welcome back to segment three of the locked on giants podcast i am patricia trana and a reminder if you came here looking for Twitter Tuesday, folks, we're going to move that to probably Thursday, it looks like. Um, you know, I also have planned for this week, we're going to do some stuff with the Senior Bowl coverage, because that is starting on, on uh, Tuesday, actually, starting today. So I'm looking to maybe have a guest from uh, the Senior Bowl coverage. Um, I'll tell you who once I get everything set up. Um and yeah, so we're going to look at, into that. And of course, over at Giants Country, we're going to have all kinds of stuff related to the Senior Bowl because that is basically the start of the uh, college postseason, if you will, as far as, you know, the draft and, and scouting process and whatnot. And Brian Dable will not be down at the Senior Bowl. He's going to stick behind in um, East Rutherford while he gets his staff settled. Joe Shane will be down in Mobile to watch the practices and start scouting uh, guys. And, you know, speaking of which, you know, I, I forgot to mention this in the last segment, but Joe Shane said something that kind of caught my eye. And um, he was talking about how clearly, uh, how clear of a communicator Brian Dable is in terms of when he wa- what he wants in players. And he mentioned, uh, for example, I think it was uh, the receiver, Gabriel, the one that had the big playoff game against, I think it was against the, the uh, Chiefs. I think it was the Chiefs. But anyhow, there was the receiver. I think it was a fourth-round pick. The name escapes me. The full name escapes me. But um, he mentioned that uh, Dable actually t- outlined what he wanted in a player. He said, you know, I want a guy who could play all the, the receiver positions. I want a guy with this size, you know, this route-running ability, et cetera, et cetera. And Shane was saying how Dable helped make their jobs easier because now that they had all this criteria, they could just go down the list of prospects and say, okay, who most closely checks the box of what the coach wants? So I think, you know, that relationship that Dable is going to have with Joe Shane is going to be pretty important. I question if in the past, and I'm not just talking about this past regime, but I'm talking about even prior to that, if the coach and the GM were always on the same page. I think sometimes the GM might have an idea of what a player should be, or what the qualities or characteristics 
or measurables should be for an ideal, you know, whether it be for a defensive end, a receiver, a tight end, what have you. Um, the coach needs to be able to dictate that, I think. Um, Charles Clay was another guy I think they talked about um, that they, that they, that Dable had wanted um, a guy that they picked up, I think, via free agency, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, the point being is, is, you know, the coach isn't going to be the one picking out the groceries, so to speak. At least let him go to the GM and say, these are the ingredients I need. You go and you figure out if you want Pillsbury or Betty Crocker to fill, you know, the ingredient list. And that's the type of relationship that I think the two of them are going to have. And that's a good relationship, I think, and one that should breed success. All right. Now, what are my concerns about Brian Dable? I question right now, and again, disclaimer, I only met the man Monday, only had a brief interaction with him, did observe him in the press conference, did observe him afterwards, did observe him uh, in, in the group presser that we had. So is it enough for me to form a concrete opinion? Probably not, but I'm going to still give you my concerns. He seems like a really, really nice guy, which makes me wonder, is he going to be able to be firm when he needs to? You know, one of the mistakes I think Ben McAdoo made was he became the player's buddy. And then when he had to get tough with them, suddenly it just wasn't taking. And I think what a new head coach has to be careful of is you can't necessarily be the player's buddy, you know, and then all of a sudden if things go south, now you've got to be, you know, the bad cop, so to speak. Because now it's like you're going to create confusion and guys are going to tune you out. So it's funny because... Brian Dable was asked if he could be a, a quote-unquote hard ass. And he kind of joked about it. And he says, well, you know, ask my kids. You know, he's got kids, I think his youngest is four, year old, four years old. And his oldest, I think he said, is going to be 22. Oldest is a, a coaching assistant, by the way, with uh, Penn State. So, uh, so, yeah, that would be one of my concerns about Brian Dable. Can he be the proverbial hard ass when he needs to be? And if he can't, then um, I don't want to really see what happens if things should sour in that locker room or with a season. Um, the other concern, and this is very, it's kind of minor, but it's important. Will he want to gravitate towards play calling? You know, there are some guys, you know, once they get a taste of play calling, once they get that that rush of, you know, being in charge of dictating how a game flows they don't want to give it up so quickly we saw that with ben mcadoo we saw that with pat Shermer, and you know what i i did not like that approach at all i felt that by aligning themselves to one side of the ball that the other side was kind of you know the other two-thirds i should say was left that to hang into dry and i've always been in favor of the ceo style coach the guy that sits back and, you know, manages all three aspects of the game equally. Now, the thing with Dable, obviously, the appeal with him, he's an offensive-minded coach. The Giants have a broken offense, so he's probably going to be a little bit more heavily involved with the offensive side. Probably will leave the defense alone, whether it's, you know, Patrick Graham running it or somebody else. 
you'll probably see him leave the defensive side alone. Same thing with special teams, but I would hope as head coach that he would, you know, take enough of an interest in there to maybe offer his input into, you know, the game plan or how things are being done. You know, just don't just sit back and, and say, okay, you know, Pat Graham or, you know, whoever the defensive, uh, defensive coordinator is, the defense is in your hand and I don't want to hear about it until game day. I, I just hope that doesn't happen. And I just hope that, that Brian Dable realizes, you know, even if he's tempted to call the own play, his own plays. And by the way, Joe Shane, I think, is against that. He would also like to see a CEO-style type of management from his head coach. But even if Dable wants to do that, just I'd rather see him lean into the headset and change a play than to be the full-time play caller because it's just it's so time-consuming. And I just don't see how you can properly manage the entire team. Now, I don't think Brian Dable will, will be his own play caller, but that possibility does exist. And uh, I think a lot of it's going to depend on who becomes his offensive coordinator. There is talk that he wants Ken Dorsey, who is the Bills quarterbacks coach. Dorsey has never called plays before, but he is a former NFL quarterback. So we'll see how that develops, but uh, that's probably my biggest concern right now with, uh, with Brian Dable as a head coach. So um, the other thing that, uh, and, and again, to me, this is minor, but when guys come in as head coach, and I, I speak from experience here because I've been now through, you know, McAdoo's, Shermer's, Judge's, and now Dable's pressers. They somehow find ways to win the room. You know, they say all the right things. They get you excited. You know, they, they, they talk about what they're going to do or what they want to do, how they're going to do it, and so on and so forth. And then as the weeks and months pass, what they said, you come to find out, was just, you know, a bill of goods, a false bill of goods. So I'm not saying that Brian Dable is all talk, but... It's something to keep in the back of your mind because, you know, the team has gotten burnt before in that regard. I don't think they will this time, but just something to keep in mind and, you know, a minor concern, if you will. But overall, folks, I have to say I liked Brian Dable. I think, uh, you know, his, his personality is tremendous. He's got a big personality, very jovial. I like how he was kidding with the, the media. Um, I think he's going to work well with the players, um, if, if he is indeed what he says he is, which is a people person interested in building relationships. And let's just hope it translates to success. So that's the biggest thing. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Hopefully I'll have a guest for you from the Senior Bowl so we can start talking about the Senior Bowl because, uh, you know, it is going on this week. I know we've got a lot going on in Giants country here, but got to get to the Senior Bowl as well. So make sure you tune in and, uh, you know, we'll see if we can't get a uh, a guest on for you. And again, we'll have Twitter Thursday. At least that's the plan as of now. And then we'll have a show for you on Friday before we send you into the weekend, which uh, I think we have the Pro Bowl this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Not that I'll be watching, but I think that's 
that's on tap for this weekend. But anyway, have a great one, folks. Thank you again for making the Lockdown Giants your first listen of the day or your first watch. Thank you again for making us number 77 on Apple iTunes football podcast list for the USA. And we'll catch you tomorrow.